the reading is uh, Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 to 18. And it starts off uh, with the title in the NIV, Giving to the Needy. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly I tell you they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Prayer. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your, fa- your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. <coughs> Fasting. When you fast, do not look somber like, as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father, who is unseen. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Nick, let's pray for Nick as he comes up. Lord, just bless Nick this morning uh, with with your words and uh, your insight into this passage. Pray this in your name, Lord. Amen. And for the morning, or the plan for the half term, is to look at the Lord's Prayer. But I need your permission to ramble, okay, for, for a variety of reasons. Um, your permission to go off piste for a bit, and partly uh, a variety of reasons. Partly because um, I've I just re- been reflecting on, on what I've been through in COVID, partly looking around me what's going on as a result of COVID, partly griefs coming in, in the, even, even yesterday, from um, people I've known making silly decisions about their Christian lives. So the sermon notes are on the windowsills if, if you want them. And as per usual, the, if, if the word search helps you concentrate, then uh, the red words on the screen uh, will be there um, in the word search on the, on the sermon notes. And before I forget, um, 
church meeting, Tuesday 22nd, church members meeting, um, really important because we'll talk about, do you want to restart tea and coffee and all kinds of little bits and pieces we just, we'd like your, your views on as well as some bigger things as well. Um, so really important, put it on a Tuesday rather than a Wednesday so youth leaders can um, get here and so on, we'd, we'd like you to be there. So, as, as you know, in the midst of, of COVID and the various lockdowns, I spent some time on sabbatical. Um, I spent some time with a, a Christian psychologist. It was a really useful time. And from that sabbatical time, I understood that my early life was much more traumatic than I realized when I looked at it in the cold life of day. I don't want to say really any more than that, except you could say that I gained uh, a fresh pile of grief um, to work through. And from these COVID times, I think looking back over the last um, 18 months or so, going back to May 2020, we, we did some studies in Malachi. And, and the Lord has been on my case since then. And, and I realized at that moment in time that what I say on the surface of my Christian life I'm, I'm, is not necessarily what my heart is doing. Okay, we talk about hope. One of the things that really struck me, we talk about hope, and we were kind of uh, in the, at the beginning of Ephesians. Uh, we talk about this great hope, and, and I realized I was really struck by the fact that day to day, my first response to a whole variety of situations is despair. I just go, ah. Oh. Talk about transformation brought about by the Holy Spirit um, in the Christian life, and I am a changed man. And I am a man changed by Christ. But a lot of the time, just I'm trying hard. I'm just trying really hard to be better. And we talk about loving Jesus, don't we? Talk about loving Jesus. And in my heart, there are times when my heart's not really, almost not even ready to own his name. So you may say, well, that's really honest, Nick. I wasn't expecting that this morning. But I'm not, I'm not embarrassed to tell you that this morning, that I discovered that my heart was deeply hurt and I've, I've gained a load of grief over COVID, or that I've discovered that my heart is deceitful. I'm not embarrassed because, for three reasons. One, it's the normal state of the human heart. <clears throat> the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? That's what Jeremiah says. It's worth uh, looking that passage up in the context. In the ESV, it says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Desperately sick. Who can understand it? You have a heart disease. Your heart, the basic statement, state of your heart, it is desperately sick. If you haven't yet discovered that, then you've only gone so far in, in, in the Christian life. Because the other aspect of this is this is therefore the normal Christian journey. At the beginning of the Christian life, your sins look obvious, and they're kind of there, they're scattered on the, surfing, the surface of your life. Give up swearing kind of, you know, straight away, and it's, and it's straightforward, but the further you go on in the Christian life, the deeper you have to look. And maybe if you look back in your Christian life, you've been a Christian in a while, you kind of think, yeah, I'm not really sure. I've kind of, you know, maybe my, you know, if, if you look at my holiness growth that I've kind of, you know, I'm kind of plateauing or it's slowing down. And the reason is that is because you've got a deceitful heart. And so as, the longer you go on in the, in the Christian life, the deeper you have to look and uh, the more covered your sins are. 
the more subtle they are. And, and I think the harder you have to work to root them out. And actually, I, I'm not sure you do root them out unless the Spirit of God comes and gives you help. And so that you should be praying that. You've been a Christian any length of time. Please, Father God, uncover the, the, the sin in my life by your Spirit. But perhaps the primary reason for not being embarrassed is that this is what I see around me. It's what I see around me when I, when I look and when uh, I hear and I talk to people. See people in, in post-COVID grief. And I'll tell you why it's lovely this morning because there was a bit of buzz around church and you can just almost feel the kind of, uh, oh, we're together again and, and some of that grief hopefully started, starting, starting to lift. But you've been hurt. I've, uh, most people are carrying some kind of hurt by the separation and the, uh, and the anxiety for kind of friends and family. And maybe you're wondering now why you're feeling so tired and confused and hurt. Well, it's because you're coming to the end of a kind of grief cycle and you've built up this, uh, this grief and anxiety and you have to let it go. And at that moment where you let it go, it can be overwhelming. I've seen people make some really silly mistakes in the last 18 months. And so sadly, they've pierced themselves with many griefs. And just yesterday, so really grieved by a couple that I know, and you would know their names, and you've met them, um, who are divorcing, and um, husband just saying, doesn't say he's not a Christian, but he and God want different things. What a thing to say. What a, what a grief, that really hurt. So I see people who's, uh, in this COVID time, have made bad decisions. You know, and that's partly the effect of us being, being split off from one another. <clears throat> and I see people whose, other people whose hearts have just gone unintentionally cold. Wasn't there, wasn't there intention? Probably maybe not doing anything that they shouldn't be doing, but just in this time, uh, because of the not meeting together, their hearts have gone intentionally cold. So I'm going to prescribe this morning that we go back to, back to some basics. The intention was to come to the Lord's Prayer. That passage is, is there for you to look at in your home groups. I'll comment on it uh, really briefly later on. But in reading about the Lord's Prayer, I, I came across this <coughs> idea at the time of the Reformation. There, there were kind of three basic texts um, for the Christian life. There was the Apostles' Creed, uh, which speaks of doctrine. Later replaced by the big confessions of faith, Westminster Confession of Faith, or if you're a Congregationalist um, Savoy Declaration, we have a statement of faith. We don't, we, I can't remember the last time we read the, the Apostles' Creed in church. We have a statement of faith instead, and we look at that. We, every half term we come back and look at a little bit of our statement of faith. Apostles' Creed talked about doctrine. Um, the Ten Commandments speak of discipline. Discipline, in other words, your covenant obedience your covenant obedience to the Lord. And the Lord's Prayer speaks of devotion. Devotion is, is loving God more than anything else. And I quite like that idea that those three, three things you need, you need this doctrine, discipline, and devotion. And, and the three basic doc, uh, documents, three basic texts would have been the Apostles' Creed, historically the Ten Commandments, um, and the Lord's Prayer. And without doctrine, 
They're all important. Without doctrine, you can believe what you like. You can shape God in your own image and therefore you can do what you want. But actually your faith, your faith won't, do very, uh, won't do very much, if anything, depending on how wrong you are. Certainly not eternal salvation if you're not worshipping God as he is and in the way he's described and, uh, and through the gospel. And so doctrine is just about, really about seeing God as he really is and seeing ourselves as, as we really are. So don't despise doctrine and theology. If, you, if I went up and took Leslie a kind of cup of coffee in the morning, uh, I'd be in danger of her throwing it back in my face. Um, she, doesn't, she doesn't drink coffee. Um, she only drinks tea. So if I'm going to please her, I don't take her a cup of coffee. So if you're going to please God, you need to know who he really is. And a bit like you go down the pub and your mate says, the usual, and you go, yeah, thank you. And you're just comforted because somebody knows you. How much more then does God want to be known for, for who he really is? And that's all that doctrine and theology is. Otherwise we offend him and we don't receive his blessing. Without discipline, without an ethic, you can lose track of what it means to put the Christian faith on the ground. What God wants you to do in practice so you can persuade yourself. I had this conversation with somebody in the week. She says, I still believe. Yeah, that's fine. You still believe, but you're still doing something really stupid. You see, Ten Commandments, or the like, just give us an ethic. Just help us not wander off the tracks. Not make statements like that. You see, we're saved by grace through faith, aren't we? That's, that's the good news. Uh, Jesus died for us. Jesus is the hope of the nations. Uh, Jesus died in your place. Um, and when you trust him, uh, you are forgiven. You become a child of God. You receive the Holy Spirit. And you enter into a covenant with God. He says, I am your God and you are my people. And he wants to, uh, as your God, he wants to, to bless you. He wants to make your life go well. You enter into the covenant, but there is still covenant obedience. There is still a way to be walked that, that pleases God. We dealt with that. Look to the covenant. And then there is devotion. Without devotion, then the rest goes cold. The rest is, is, is cold. So you can have a doctrine and you can have um, discipline, but it, but it can be cold. And, and if there is no devotion, in other words, if there is no love... For Christ and no experience of the love of Christ, then you are open to being seduced by things that you love more or you think love you more. And you don't need me to tell you what they are status, money, sexual experience, substances. You think they love you more or you love them more than God because you, that your devotion is, is, is cool. So you can spot devotion. Okay, actions that are done out of Christian conviction are all well and good up to a point, but they can be stony-faced and, and they could even be cold. So I think you think about that a little while. You think, oh yeah, I could see sometimes. That's, that's why I see this person, that they, they, they know a lot and in a sense they inspire me and in, in a sense they don't grab me because there is, there is doctrine, there is... There is discipline, but just the, where's the devotion? And you know when a person's got devotion, 
They're actions done out of a love for Christ. And so they come with a warmth and a, and a smile. We were on holiday when there was a funeral of a good friend of ours who'd been uh, in a coma for three years. But she was a lady of devotion to Christ and there was no way that you could um, mistake that. COVID and lockdown the last 18 months, they've, they've attacked. They've, they've, our, our devotion is maybe a bit moth-eaten. Uh, devotion is kind of, it's perhaps not as hot as it should be. And that's inevitable. Inevitable when we don't have each other and we don't meet as, as we've met this morning. So where devotion has failed, you get people disappearing or you, or you get people pretending. And that's where we find Matthew 6. Just really briefly. So the Jews had uh, three essential religious practices. They were almsgiving, fasting, and prayer. And some of them were performing these without devotion, without love for God. And, and when they're done, when, when the devotion fails, when they're not done out of love for God, then they're done as a performance. They're done for a, a human audience. And that's there just in the text, isn't it? And, and I, I hope you came this morning because you thought, why am I going this morning? Because I love God and I love these people. I hope you didn't come this morning because you thought, well, um, I need to go and show my face. Um, better that you're here than you're not here, if that was the motivation, please. Um, but without devotion, they, they become an act. Hypocrite. The word hypocrite is from the Greek for actor. There's no love for God, you'll do your religious stuff for the sake of, of appearances. And maybe you'll even um, deceive yourself. And Jesus says, in the middle of this text, he says, be careful. Be careful. Let me open that up. So I would say the same to you. Be careful. They're right at the beginning of chapter 6. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. And in all those three activities, he says, if you do this, in other words, if you, if you uh, do it to be seen by others, then the only reward you will get is that you were seen by others. You will get a bit of a reputation. Um, momentary reputation in front of the people who saw you do this stuff. That is the only reward you've got. You have got your reward in full. That's what you were intending. That's what you got. And so part of the, um, the remedy for that is to start by doing these things in secret. And if you find that really hard, it's a real tester of your heart. Can you, uh, can you do your giving in secret? Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And what I take that to mean is don't think too hard about it. You know, you have to think about it. It has to be planned. Uh, giving should be planned. And, and if you do it by direct debit, then you forget about it. And it's, uh, and it's all done in secret. While I'm saying this, I should remind you, there isn't. we will sort out putting a plate out. Um, uh, again, we'll talk about it at the church meeting. We probably won't do an offering as such because most people have already done their giving by the time they come into church. Please do it by direct debit or standing order. Um, and if you haven't given, if you haven't given for, you know, 
18 months or six weeks or because you haven't had the chance. Could you please think about that? Because it's part of your devotion. Do it out of devotion for Christ. Do it out of his love, but the church needs it. But if you started in secret, and prayer starts in, the, in this secret place. It starts in your own room um, before the Lord. doesn't mean that we don't pray um, together, but it does mean if we are praying together, just have to be careful of your heart. And fasting, Jesus assumes that Christians will carry on these three things. But don't look, don't put a pained look on your face and, you know, kind of look a bit disheveled in the hope that everybody will say, oh, you look a bit off today. You go, yeah, I'm fasting. It's, um, it's not the plan, is it? <clears throat> and Jesus says your father will reward you. And you can search that out on your um, Bible studies on, on Wednesday night. Your father will reward you. And I think that's a reward a reward now and I think the reward will be answered prayer in terms of the prayer and God will reward you in heaven your good deeds are building up for you storing up for you a, a reward in heaven um, an intimacy uh, with God catch up in the end so we're going to turn in the next five to six weeks to the Lord's prayer um, I was interested, um, given that we've spent some time in the Psalms, um, there's a little book by R.C. Sproul on the Lord's Prayer. I really like this. This is, um, this is by J.I. Packer. It's called Praying the Lord's Prayer. My heart was really warmed by that. That's a great mixture of, kind of, uh, of teaching and heartwarming. There are three of those um, with, with more to come. Uh, I'll stick them down there. Um, those are the first three. £7.50, stick it in the collection, but take it today read it. I found it a real uh, heartwarming thing. And R.C. Sproul says, um, I would have thought, you know, when Jesus was asked by his disciples, please teach us to pray, that he would have said, if you really want to learn how to pray, immerse yourself in the Psalms. And that's what we did as a church, but Jesus didn't. He, He gave them the Lord's prayer. And we're going to walk the same way. And it's, it's a really intriguing prayer. One writer calls it the, a systematic theology. That's a little, um, we'll have a look at that. One of the amazing things about it, though, is to immerse yourself in the Psalms is quite a big job. Um, the Lord's Prayer is radically, radically short. Um, it's one of the things uh, I love about it. So my prayer is that as we turn to the Lord's Prayer in the next kind of six weeks or so, that it'll help you in your, in your devotion. It'll warm your devotion to the Lord. It'll grow you in that sense, in the, in the knowledge that you're loved by God and that you love him in return. And it'll bind up your grieving heart. <coughs> Sorry, I'm trying losing track of the PowerPoint. So this morning, as I say, lovely to have a bit of a buzz and and it's getting back to normal. We are kind of maintaining the one-way system. So so keep following the one-way system. That means if you're going out, go out that way and go all the way around to the loo and come back in. At the end, we'll go out that way. But let's have a little bit of a kind of reset. Let's just have a reset, a post-COVID reset. Um, It's what I suggest we do this morning. and use these three texts um, in front of us, the Apostles' Creed, um, the, the Ten Commandments, and, and the Lord's Prayer. 
And we'll just use them this morning uh, as part of our devotion to have a little bit of a, a post-COVID reset. Um, remind ourselves what we believe, what we should do, and, and, and the tool, the prime tool for our devotion, which is the Lord's Prayer. So the Apostles' Creed is kind of like a summary of, a summary of doctrine. Um, as I say, we don't usually use it and we have a, diff- we have a statement of faith, but it's, uh, this morning we'll just let's say it together. Say it together out of conviction. This is what we believe uh, as Christians. When we get to the bit about the Holy Catholic Church, what we mean is the Holy Universal Church. Um, and this is something we are saying together. So we are saying to God, we've understood this from you, uh, and, and we are committing this to you. So this is something almost um, that we're saying together uh, before God. The Ten Commandments is something we're going to hear God say to us. And the Lord's Prayer is something that we use, that we say. It's first-person language that we say back to God. So should we do that together? Tell you what, let's stand up for the Apostles' Creed for no reason other than just, you know, it helps you sound a bit louder. But also because you're standing up and you're saying to the Lord, this is what I believe. This is my post-COVID reset where we're, we're going to go forward. Um, and, and this is what I believe. Um, and I'll lead you in it and it'll come up um, on the screen. So let's give it a go. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen. Have a seat. Get your Bibles out. Turn to Exodus 20. In a sense, that's something we've almost said to each other before the Lord. Uh, We're saying to the Lord, we've heard this. We now affirm this together. This is very clearly the Lord speaking to us, Exodus um, 20. Starting at verse 1. This is the Lord Lord speaking uh, to you. And we'll understand... It's interesting, isn't it, that Jesus um, didn't say go back to the Psalms. He gave them the Lord's Prayer. Jesus never reiterates the Ten Commandments, but actually he gives them uh, the Sermon on the Mount summarized as love the Lord your God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself. But they're still useful as long as we remember that Christ, if anything, has made them, uh, intensified them. I'll comment on that halfway through. God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I am the Lord your God who called you out of sin into my kingdom, into the freedom of the people of God. You shall have 
no other gods before me. You shall have no other gods before me, nothing. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything, in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord, your God, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honour your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. Shall not murder. But remember what Jesus said. He didn't. Murder is kind of the end of a long path and it, the path that starts with hating your brother or calling him a fool. So Jesus says you don't even call your brother a fool. So you shall not murder. Shall not commit adultery. That's a path that starts with you. Um, looking at women lustfully, or men, obviously, shall not commit adultery, shall not steal, shall not give false testimony against your neighbour, shall not covet your neighbour's house. Mm. All those programmes on TV. Shall not covet your neighbour's wife, or his male or female servant, or his ox, or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. In other words, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And the Lord's Prayer. And after this, what we'll do, we'll, we'll, we'll sing it. But we'll, we'll pray it, and then we'll just be quiet, and lastly, then at that point, come up, and, um, uh, and we're going to sing it in a sung form. But I'll pray it, I'll read it. You can say it with me, but I'm going to pause at the end of each line just to give you a think. What does this mean? Just to think over the words for a moment. Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done, Father on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And Lord, lead us not into temptation, into testing. but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Lord, we stand today and make this our post-COVID reset. Lord, we say, this is what we believe. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to show our devotion to you. Lord, we're going to believe right. We're going to do right. And we're going to love you with all our hearts. And Lord, even as we say it, we know that we're going to fail. And so we pray that your spirit will um, empower our intentions and we'll change our hearts that we love you more and more. In Jesus' name, amen. Tried it this morning. My prayer is so often, chatter, 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 come into the Lord, <laughs> bang, 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 and, and kind of, um, it's quite a useful thing just to pray through the Lord's Prayer because you will know it in some format already. Take it a line at a time. Pray it slowly before the Lord. Um, and uh, just give it a go this week and see how it frames your prayers. But we're going to sing. Uh, we're going to sing uh, Lord's Prayer and then uh, move on. Yeah. So um, I guess uh, what I feel with that is stay in that posture of prayer, whatever that looks like for you. Whether that be open your hands to receive that gift. That, um, and as we sing this over you, we'll sing it a few times during the next few weeks. You may have heard it before, um, but I encourage you, stay in that posture that this is between you and God, and this prayer was written for you, and how we can pray that and see that with him. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed. Be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive our sins. As we forgive each one of those who sins against us, and lead us not to the time we try, 
but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory our father who art in heaven be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive our sins. As we forgive each one of those who sins against us, and lead us not to the time of trial, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom the power and the glory let all the people sing amen in every tribe and tongue let every heart desire be joy to see your kingdom come let all the people let all the people sing, amen, in every tribe and tongue. Let every heart desire be joy to see the kingdom come. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven.